0: Let's finish it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, coming in. Yeah, flex. I just wanna win. Yeah, L.A.B.B. Who we running with? Yeah. two, two, three, three. I'm on ten again. Yeah, stay tuned. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Closing Pitch. My name is Spiker Helms, and this is a show about people, culture, and. How to create a winning lifestyle I've been kind of playing with this idea that i want I really want to change our intro music up, but I haven't really pulled the trigger, one because it's meticulously hard to find the right beat, the right sound. Also, when you start dealing with lyrics, you're like, "Well, Just wait what? till
1: Manscape steals it again
0: <laughs> or Gillette. <laughs> But it is it is a it is a process that I'm actually going through right now. So if anyone has any suggestions whatsoever on hey this needs to be your beat, this needs to be your intro, I'm totally open to ideas. The only caveat is just make sure that it's not copyrighted music because that is a
1: no bueno. How about the Mizzou school song?
0: That is a negative ghostwriter. We're not going to have any Mizzou type of Mizzou material. football chance. No
1: zero. No, not not a shot. They're going for their fifth win tomorrow, big guy.
0: You know, Alabama's thinking to themselves, "Man, we <sighs> listen. <laughs> we're, we're trying to get our down the road, forty fifth national you championship. Watch. You watch. <laughs> um, if if anyone's wondering, Dave is a huge Mizzou fan, uh, one of a kind. He did not go to school there. By the yeah, way.
1: everybody always tells me that, but I was in a Missouri University system school, and it was my state school, and I grew up. Watching I don't think him, you so can count that. Can all you, count you that? haters can go kick rocks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That'd be like me saying, like, "Oh, I'm in a Missouri school, so I went to Missouri State, so I have to be a Mizzou football fan." Do
1: whatever you want. I'm not. I'm not telling you who you can and can't be a fan of.
0: Just wait. Springfield, Missouri, here we come. <laughs> Football program is coming up. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we got the head coach. We just need the players. Uh-huh. <laughs> Guys, um, in this episode, we want to go down a route um, from one of the tweets that we saw um, this past week. And um, for those that don't know, um, I went through a COVID type of scare, if you want to call it a COVID scare. Is, is that a thing? I guess. But anyways, uh, my wife ended up getting COVID. She's all good now, but um, we had to quarantine for ten days, and that was, by the way, that is the most miserable feeling yep. ever. I Literally. was around
1: somebody who had it, exposed, if you will. Didn't get it, but I was in quarantine for fourteen days. So I had a, I had a little Tommy Topper over here. Mm. I get extra it four was days over there. Boring. Anyways, so
0: um, Dave, go ahead and. Um, call out this tweet. Um, the big thing that we want to talk about guys is, um, starting's not the issue when we, when you start a new project or, um, for me, I'm going really heavy back into my economics degree and really learning about macro and micro. I know if some of you are listening and I go, Oh God, this is going to be so boring. (laughs) Um, I'm going to get off that topic really quick, but going into different topics, subjects, um, Projects, if you're searching for your dream and trying to attack your dream, it's not the starting point that's really hard. Um, there are some people that do have an issue with actually getting started, but it is the midpoint. It is that Dunning Kruger effect where you um, think you know something, you start something, and you got, you're going all in. And then right when you go to about mid season or mid form, that's where you start.
1: That's where the struggle lies.
0: Yeah, you start seeing people falling behind. And I notice this every single year with sports. Um, My dad would always... He'd tell me when I was younger, just watch first practice. Everyone's going to be out there. They're going to try to show off. They're going to do whatever they want. They're going to really go hard in the paint. Um, Just know that, hey, you still got to do your thing. You, you You should impress. But the real the real players and the real dudes are gonna come out in practice number three, practice number five, practice number seven, practice number 25. Those are when you really know who the separators are on a team. And without a doubt, every single year, that's what happened.
1: Well, and and like it's it's super easy at the beginning of something to see your gains, right? It's when you're first learning something or first trying something and you start to get it, the gains are so easy to see. So it's easy to become motivated at that point, right? So you keep – you see, oh, man, I'm progressing really quickly with this. So I got to go more into it, right? I am very motivated to continually do so. It's hard after you've done it for a while to continue to have that type of motivation because those gains don't seem so big anymore. Even though you're still going you know, up that ladder, the gains aren't that big. And that's where the struggle is.
0: I always think it's also with guys. I don't know how it is with girls, but I think it's the testosterone that comes out, especially when you're in high school and you want to impress everybody think about
1: the weight room you remember that oh geez yeah so like the first time i ever started lifting like yeah you're always everybody's weak right yeah and when well, and everyone's
0: awkward the remember? do you remember freshman year when you walk into the weight room and you see oh, these seniors brutal. that are just you think that they're jacked out of their mind but in reality they're like they're not they're not at they, all. they just have
1: muscles showing they actually have like a little have. bit of, <laughs> 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 a little bit of muscle showing where i had no muscle yeah there.
0: and you're like whoa these guys are so huge all my goal <laughs> all
1: my goal was when i first started in the weight room was to be able to put a plate on. Each each side and bench press oh out. i remember like getting the 45 like oh.
0: picking up the 45 like how do they pick these things up Oh my God. and then try to like put my whole body and putting it on the bench and then my coach coming over and be like spike uh, no, uh, you're not doing that you're getting near like 25 right. 35 right
1: i think <laughs> I, I think i legitimately started with like 15 on each side my freshman year yep. and just started doing it but i made such huge gains at the start and then all of a sudden it just kind of plateaus for a little bit yeah
0: you get you end up getting into a comfort zone yep and um it goes back to like muscle confusion yeah, and weight. Like we can go completely down, that, down that route. Sure. There's a guy that we want to bring on. That is, he specializes in this. And, um, even though we know our information, this guy like brings it to a whole nother level, no, but he'll talk about that whole muscle confusion and how you want to make sure that you're always on the up rather than on the, uh, plateau or downside when you're, when you're working out in a weight room. But Dave, go ahead and uh, call out this tweet that you saw.
1: Yeah, so and this is kind of – we're going to end up bringing this full circle because I feel like this tweet kind of jumps to the end of where this conversation is going to go. But I I saw a tweet, um, I think it was, yeah, last week, and it was from the handle Reform Sports Project. Never heard of them, never seen them. I think somebody I followed had followed them and retweeted it, and I really liked it. And it was a perspective play for me, but it said – If you're a D1, if you play D1, you're a stud. If you play D2, you're a stud. If you play D3, you're a stud. If you play NAI, you're a stud. If you play at a JUCO, you're a stud. Only 7% of high school athletes become college athletes. It doesn't matter what level you're at. Be proud. Be grateful. And... That, and I I retweeted and said perspective is very important. Understanding playing college sports at any level is an accomplishment and something you will be proud of for the rest of your life. And I think that, that, that end goal of getting to that next level is, is often not talked about. It's always a certain level, right? It's not college baseball as a whole or college sports as a whole. And is we're talking about this path from beginning to, and I don't even want to say college baseball is the end because then you start another path, right? But let's just say that is your end goal at the moment, okay? It's easy at the start. It's super hard at the middle, and then the decision at the end becomes ever increasingly difficult, right? Yep.
0: And it's not the physical aspect that gets gets you. Um, oh. I don't know. I don't know how your career was. But it was the mental and emotional toll that it takes on you when you're in the middle part. Because I remember nights where I'd be driving um, from college summer ball and junior college and thinking like, man, what's next? I'm looking towards the future. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, what it? what's my girlfriend going to think? What's my friends going to think? Am I letting my high school friends down? Um, Am I letting my high school coach down? Um, is my junior college coach really working for me? It's those mental barriers. And then it's not even just that, like the journey to get to division one or division two, whatever the case may be, but it is when you get to the mountaintop that the job is not done yet and you're still, it's not the physical part. It's the mental and emotional part. They talk about mental, but I would say it's more emotional than mental.
1: Well, and I, I'll kind of make an argument and a point to this is I don't think at any point in your life you're never not in that middle struggle. You always are in some aspect or another, right? But let's just take this in, into context. So when I think of this example, because we work hand, you know, directly with our high school athletes, okay, And as they'd come in as freshmen, they are bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, ready to learn. Just, oh, I'm going to play college baseball because I play for the Tigers. And this is so awesome. And look at this facility. And we get to train and do all this stuff. And, man, I'm doing stuff I've never done before. I'm making all these gains. I'm going to throw 85 before I even know it. And And they are making some really good gains, right? Then sophomore year comes around. Those gains aren't happening as rapid they're still happening and you kind of see a little like i don't want to say step back but it's like
0: it becomes common
1: it becomes a job kind of
0: yeah like it becomes common becomes routine Uh, like when i first stepped into like we have a really nice facility now it's like being in this facility is complete game changer from where we were Mm -hmm. um if people don't know just look back at the podcast uh, number one number two um you'll see that we were in literally using a lunch table to film our podcast, right? right? Um, And and the same thing happened with going from junior college to Missouri State is that my senior year at Missouri State, the facilities became mundane. They became routine. But as someone that is trying to get to that point, they don't see it that way. Right. They see it as oh, that's the gold standard. That's the mecca. And I and I think about that with Major League Baseball players. Um, I never made it to Major League Baseball. Played professional baseball, but never made it to the big leagues. But I could imagine that when you are in that setting for twelve years, thirteen oh, yeah. years, those facilities become common. Like yeah. you're getting uh, people serving you from head to toe on whatever you need. All your needs and wants are completely taken care of, that becomes normal. Which a lot of guys, when they start training and they get into this facility, now it's not the standards of Major sure. League Baseball, but when you start seeing those gains and you start getting those big things that you are starting to grab, you let off the gas pedal. That's what I'm
1: saying. It's how you react. It's like you hear in a Major League Baseball season, it's 162 games over a you know 200-day season or so. It's those dog days of the summer that are generally the separator. Mm -hmm. It's that game 70 through one twenty, where everybody's tired. You're right in the middle of the season. Are you, like you said, hitting the gas pedal at that moment? Are you continuing to press forward? Are you sticking to your routines? Are you looking for new things? Are you getting kind of caught up in the monotony that is just day to day?
0: It's kind of like if you're driving on a highway, you're driving a Ferrari, right? And you're going a hundred miles per hour. When you, when you end up stepping to 120, 130, it feels, holy shit, this is, this is going fast. Yeah. But if you keep on staying on that path for 120, 130, let's just say you're in the Autobahn. Don't do this in the America. <laughs> it becomes normal. Yeah. It becomes routine. And then all of a sudden, you release the gas pedal, and you start going slower and slower and slower. And then all, everyone that was doing 120, 130 that are still staying consistent, and they still get a... Th- drive off of going 120 130 they're going to pass you up yep that's exactly what happens in your career and i've seen it constantly i mean you've probably seen it with your with your teams that there are players that when they came in they were lighting the world on fire the first two three weeks but then what happens in week five
1: well i i'll give you a better example i see this all the time with with the young pitchers that we work with and it's, you see, so, as, as, as bodies mature, um, as they do when you're 13, 14, 15, 16, um, your body makes massive gains, okay? And with those gains and growth, you tend to see velocity jumps very quickly, right? You go from 70 to 80 real quick, okay? And most pitchers that I work with at some point in time in their sophomore, junior year, They generally hit a roadblock where now it's not so easy to get that next mile per hour on the radar gun. They're in the weight room. They're doing all these right things, but that plateau, that middle, that struggle kind of hits them, and they don't always understand how to deal with that because when you've had a lot of quick, early success, and then all of a sudden that... That quick success is not achievable in the moment. It's hard for people to understand how to deal with that. That's where I see a lot of the coach, am I doing something wrong? Why why can't I get there? Why can't I do this? And I have a very boring answer to that every single time, but I don't know how else to answer this other than you have to stick to the process. You have to stick to what you're doing. It will happen. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow. But you have to stick with it. In those what you would maybe call mundane situations where it's kind of boring, where you're just doing the same stuff over and over and over, but you're still gaining and you don't feel like you are, that is generally one of the biggest separating times that I see in an athlete's career or in a business or anything. It's where you're you're literally – you know, you, you kind of put your head down for six months. Now you look back and you're like, whoa, well, I did make those gains. But in those six months, you have no idea that you're even going up. You don't. But that is where I have seen personally in that middle struggle that we talk about, that is where I have seen just tremendous gain and growth from players. And then all of a sudden they go back on that upswing.
0: What What about Eric Miller? Um, I know we just saw sure. him. You, saw, you, sh- you sent me a video on him. And I, I'm thinking to myself because – at pro ball, you don't know if you're really getting better. Right. Like when you're at that level, every little thing that you gain, it's like you don't really you don't really realize it until it actually happens in the game and you're able to make the adjustment. With Eric because he was literally throwing into a net by himself all summer long. Like well, that, pro,
1: in, in a in a 90 degree hot box. Hey. Like that
0: had to be so boring
1: let's go back let's preface with who he is because I don't think people know who he is so Eric is a player who played for us his freshman year all the way through his senior year of high school um, he was a graduate in 2016 from dismet High School in the air in the area of st. Louis um, he committed to he's a big six- foot five left-handed pitcher and he committed to Stanford University his sophomore summer um, played there for three years and then was drafted in the fourth round by the Philadelphia Phillies where he is currently in their minor league system. I believe he's ranked maybe number nine in their top 10 prospect rankings. And so Eric has an interesting, I'll just go back to Eric's high school real quick. I'll preface that. Okay. Eric had a very interesting path in high school. Eric showed up at our freshman tryouts and you have a video of this. Um, and it's, it's it's almost sorry eric it's low it's
0: almost laughable
1: well he was growing at such a rapid pace it, the best way i could describe it is he's a baby giraffe mm. you know he didn't necessarily know how to step in the same direction twice um, every now and then it would click and it'd be pretty good but it didn't click all that often mm-hmm. and then he made a pretty big jump though from his eighth grade summer trial for freshman, you know, teams to his freshman summer. Cause he jumped probably seven, eight, nine miles per hour and f- was figuring out the strike zone a little bit. And, he, and, uh, and and he and it happened as his body filled out, so he made an initial early jump. But then that jump that he continued to make from his freshman summer to sophomore middle of the year because if you would have told me uh his freshman summer to his sophomore summer that this kid's going to be committed to stanford next year i had been like huh. <laughs> well you're, if you look at, pro- if
0: you look at the video it's the arm was there you could see sure. the body was there oh there was as a ones. as as a scout when you look at it you're like okay that guy there there's a lot it's a oh i call frame. it the dark horse i call it the dark horse is that he's he, he's not known yet yeah you can see it's there there are some things that need to happen to actually make it actually from a dark horse to yeah. a thoroughbred. Yeah. That's a huge jump. Like, that. Yep. That's, oh, yeah. you're basically gambling at that point. And you see that in a couple – like, uh, we. I say it all the time when we see a player. I'm like, that's going to be a dark horse. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, there were there was no doubt tools there. Yeah. But, yeah, I would have never said that freshman summer. Yeah. And just Would you for- have said, like, maybe D2? Well, I would have said – I wouldn't have even given him a label. I would have literally said, oh, he's got a bright future. Don't get me wrong. I don't know what he's going to end up as. But if he keeps progressing, yeah, it's going to be there. But we're not even close to talking recruiting yet, buddy. Yeah. And uh, and so then – so let's say I think Eric was probably touching around 80 miles per hour his freshman summer. Um, probably struck out the same amount of people he walked. So he had some okay pitch ability, One great. Breaking ball was – Sometimes good, sometimes not, whatnot. Anyhow, he continued to just – he. what Eric's really, really, really good at is understanding day-to-day. He is really good at staying on task and everything. I mean, he's a, he's a great student, obviously very smart, went to Stanford. But he is extremely good at knowing what he has to accomplish today. And then wakes up tomorrow, he knows what he has to accomplish tomorrow. He's a very routine-based dude. So I didn't see it, but he just kept progressing, right? And then all of a sudden, he started to throw again, the winter of his sophomore year. He probably put on 25 pounds, 20 pounds or so. That frame looked a lot better. Did Did he work out? Yeah. Oh, he was working out. He was doing everything. I mean, literally everything that you should be doing. He came to me for... So it wasn't like
0: he just woke up one day no. and said, Oh, now I can throw ninety-four.
1: Nope. He he had his his personal trainer who was his strength guy, had him all into flexibility things, you know, just he had his arm care routines, he had everything. Okay. And he came to me specifically for pitching work. And so he shows up sophomore winner. Pitching work as in? Mechanics, bullpens, pitchability, learning different pitches. So it wasn't
0: like velocity trying to throw as hard as you can. No, we
1: very rarely ever talked about Got that. It. Okay, And he was he was different. And I think that next summer he goes down to a camp at Stanford and hits 88-89 with a hard slider as a sophomore summer. And I remember that sophomore summer he was dominant for us. He threw against some of the biggest teams. We even brought him up into a 17-year tournament. He threw against a loaded 17U team, um, and he he was lights out. He was really good. But what people didn't see, they just thought he was talented and lucky and he grew really fast and all this stuff. What people never saw was how he dominated the middle, okay, how he dominated those monotonous days. And he still does that. Like you said today, or you said just five minutes ago, Throughout this whole last summer when the Phillies shut down operations due to corona, and he was told to come home and simulate 70 innings. And he was told to do this and that from a throwing routine. He did it in that hot box of a center that we have. Well,
0: what's funny is that the facility was open. Like, he could have thrown it inside balls and strikes in – being honest, like he's a top prospect. He has a choice where he could end up saying, I'm going to go down to Florida, or I'm going to go to Arizona, or I'm going to go to California to see this guy because the weather's nice or Miami and go there, you know, but he ended up choosing Let's me, let's stay in St. Louis. And there are a number of facilities in St. Louis. He could have gone to, he ended up choosing this hot box of a facility
1: We don't have AC. We don't have
0: AC for the Tigers, which again, I kept on thinking to myself, why is he doing that? And every, every point that I kept on thinking of is because he wants to put himself through something hard so that he'll be ready for the next thing. And maybe that, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know.
1: I I think that's it too, but I think it's, well, I think he's a big comfort guy. I know he feels comfortable in that facility around the people that are there. He, He knows it. Um, but it, it's so much more to his routine. That's his routine. So he was going to stick to it. He was going to do what he had to do every day. Like I said, dominate the mundane. Dom- dominate the the so-called just monotonous days. He does really well with that. And so going back to high school, he, he commits. And you think at that point, okay, is he going to plateau again? No. Like he again goes through everything. And yeah, where there's some struggle, sure. But he routinely dominated that monotony, right? And that is where I think, cause yeah, he was going to be good for sure. Was he ever going to, do we know he's going to be a fourth rounder? No. Did we like that video I sent you the other day that, that I got of him throwing now that the Phillies have opened up and he's throwing against other minor leaguers. Did we think he's going to look like that? I I couldn't have said that. Well, looking
0: at him in the tiger center, I didn't think it was going to be that good
1: to be honest with you. Sure. Like, but it looks good. Oh, yeah. I mean, he looks like a big leaguer, and he's, he has a great chance of being there. But, again, it, it's not because he was just born with this great arm. It's not because he was just meant to be a D1 pitcher and a pro pitcher. It's because of how he dominated those situations day in, day out. You never even heard him. Like, he was never a guy who looked far ahead. Like, he was always concentrated on the now. Which is super important for young guys to understand. They're always looking. All, all of our high school guys are are always looking way too far ahead, in my opinion. They're always looking at college baseball, the next level, having that dream.
0: Yeah. Well, and also they try to they try to peacock. Sure. They try to puff out that chest or show the swag or show the fake confidence. And again, that comes with being a high school athlete. Like, I mean, high school is so built with insecurity; it's unreal. Like, it's a big box of insecurity that's what i like to kind of view high school as Mm -hmm. and one thing that i really understood with seeing and now being from a macro perspective of being a director and seeing high school guys like when i see a guy i can pretty have a pretty good idea of like yeah that guy's going to be a dude or "Uh, that guy's got to learn a little bit or "Mm, let's just see how this plays out and let's see let's let's try to make sure that he has all the resources for him when Eric was going through high school, it never seemed like he was trying to peacock people. He just came in, did his stuff, left, didn't overdo himself. He just he he treated it like a robot, basically. I go in, yeah, I do my stuff, get out, I'm done for the day. What's the next thing?
1: Yeah. But I, I mean he was again, he he did such a good job of being able to focus in the now. That is, that is just so important that no matter what task he was doing, that was where his, his headset was. That was where his his head space was, right? That's where his focus was. And he was very, very good at that. He's, we, we talked about this in an episode a while back, but you know, the short-term, middle-term, long-term goals and views and what you're trying to do. He dominated that short-term, he dominated the now, and that is something that he still does to this day you know and when he's down in you know Tampa going to his you know workout place that's that's what he's there for okay he's there to to work on specific things that his coaches have told him he needs to work on when he's on the bullpen throwing working on his mechanics working on his pitches that is what he's there to do he is not worried about the future possibility of playing in the show or getting to the next level of the minor leagues that's that's all going to take care of itself if he dominates the now And that's what he does really well. What I've noticed with guys that
0: have made it to the big leagues or made it to the place that they wanted to go to, they were also people that they didn't really complain about the situation that they were in. They never talked bad about the coach or the organization or anything along the, never complained about the situation. They always took it in stride and like, okay, this is a guy that wants me to do this. So I'm going to do this. If this guy wants me to do that, I'm going to do that. And not really questioning anything. They might think about it in their head and like, oh, this is dumb. But they never really say or like complain about it be like, this is dumb. This is stupid. I don't even want to be a part of it but then they, they just keep on going every single time just in the middle. I'm going to keep grinding. And if it's going to happen, it's going to happen.
1: Well, that's as, that's as simple as they know that the only thing they can control is their actions and themselves. They can't control their situations. They can't control what another person's going to do, say, or act or whatever. You know, they can't control that, right? It's totally not worth the time to think about. So, I'm going to dominate me. I'm going to understand how to control my actions, my next step. I'm going to literally focus on that right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot, and be able to 100% stay focused in the now and dominate what I'm doing.
0: And maybe that has to go to being nature versus nurture, or it's a combination of both. When Again, going back to thinking about the guys that made it to the league that I know or and I've played with, Every single dude has a similar type of situation. Now, there's there's probably some guys out there that had a poor up group upbringing and they were able to make it to the show, obviously, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Dominican. But at some point, they've had had some type of nurturing where they get the right tools and the right mindset. Mm-hmm. Every single dude had, A, yes, they had the genetics, but also, B, they had the environment that they were in that propelled them and prepared them for that middle ground Mm -hmm. which again um i played with luke voigt i played with pierce johnson um dan kickham or uh, mike kickham every single guy had a similar background
1: well dude, i remember when i remember watching luke as a minor leaguer coming in and out of our facility every day i mean he would again it's it's the same concept he dominated those days he knew what he was like. He was what was he a, like a single A at that point for the Cardinals? Yeah, he was. It, well, rookie yeah, he was ball, in between rookie a.
0: rookie ball and single A, um, and then he was going into double A. No, he was one year he was in double A and he was the home run king. Yeah, um, or home run derby. Yeah. I don't know if he led the lead led that league, the Texas League, in home runs, but. Yeah, he was was like every
1: day he shows up with a huge bag, that huge baseball bag that he had full of, you know, three, four wood bats, his balls, everything else. And he had a game plan for that day and he won it. And again, those are the times where a lot of players don't feel like they're doing anything but just spinning their wheels. They just feel like they're 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 not getting anywhere that they're doing the same thing that they've done forever. And why am I doing this? Because I don't see a huge gain or a huge payback uh, return in that moment. But I'm telling you, those are the moments that if you keep stacking those, you will end up seeing that, that return.
0: Another commonality amongst all them, too, is that they're willing to train on their own without anybody there. Right. That's another commonality. You're good self starters. Yeah. You, you have to be a good self starter to actually get through that middle ground because it's going to be so easy. You're going to have a whole group of people rushing towards the beach with it as a group in the start. But then ever so often someone's going to drown and be away from you. And now you're the only one running towards the beach. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you're, you have to be able to work out on your own. You have to be able to do the things that you need to do on your own.
1: It's, it's a huge separator.
0: What's your closing pitch?
1: Um, my closing pitch is this. I think this, this situation, you can, you can pretty much talk about this. And just like most of our topics, which, I, which is why I like talking about them, you can put this into different contexts. We talk about it today in baseball because that's what we work in and that's the athletes we work with. You can put this, this type of a mindset into your job. You know, it's real easy at the start. Everything's new. Everything's exciting. You're learning something new when you, you know, about this job and you feel like you're really gaining something real quick and you're becoming a uh, industry professional very fast. Well, years two, three, four, five into that job. Are you going to let uh, just the mundane day to day tasks get you down? Are you going to lose those days? Or are you going to be the guy who continues to dominate that next step? Are you going to be the person who continues to dominate the next task that's in front of them? And and really, like I said, dominate the now. And that to me is something that you can always, always take a perspective check uh, on throughout your life.
0: My closing pitch is for you to research and look up stoic mentality. If you don't know what stoic mentality is, um, it goes back to Marcus Aurelius, Romans, um, all of that. And when thinking about my path and my career and what I've been doing in outside of baseball is that that stoic mentality was a huge huge point in getting to the spot that I needed to get into. And When you start researching it and you start learning it, it'll make sense why that mentality works, Mm -hmm. especially for athletes. That's my closing pitch. Guys, that's this episode of The Closing Pitch. Thank you for listening. If you have not subscribed, please subscribe. If you are a new listener, this is a show about people, culture, and how to create a winning lifestyle. Please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, five stars preferably, that helps us a lot helps us a ton. Um, I'm looking forward to more future episodes because we're going to start going down this guest route. Um, we are currently busy with our winter training program, but we are going to get on top of these guests and um, try to nail them down. Um, we have some really good ideas. If you have some thoughts on this, some guests that you think, hey, this you should definitely interview this person, please make that suggestion. I can't promise that we're going to reach out to them, but, um, I do want to know what you guys are looking at, listening to, um, who you find interesting, who you think would be a good, good fit for this show. I just don't want anyone. I want someone that's going to be interesting and someone that we can learn from Elon. Uh, that'd be nice. (laughs) If anyone knows Elon knows his his, uh, personal phone or even Jeff Bezos or, um, You name it. I I would love to have that guy on. That'd be so fun. But um, let me know, guys. uh, If you shoot us an email, my email is spiker at rawlingstigers.com. Dave, don't worry about Dave. You don't need to send to him. Um, But, yeah, just uh, shoot us an email. Until next time, thanks, guys. See you guys thank you for watching or listening or both to the closing pitch if you'd like to get your closing pitch featured on the show we use a podcasting app called anchor where you can submit your statement or question via audio or what you can do is comment in the comment section of this post we also accept direct messages please give us the a if you do send us a dm to use your statement or question on the show last thing please give us a review on your platform of choice five-star preferably, and we value your opinion, and this allows us to reach more people. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you in the next episode.